The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. From the VPM Newsroom in Richmond, I'm Benjamin Dolly. This is a special edition of the VPM Daily Newscast. Over the past year, VPM News has been looking into a hidden type of debt affecting thousands of Virginia college students. It's not federal student loans, which dominate most of the headlines. It's money owed directly to institutions called direct-to-school debt. In our series, Dreams Deferred, we're exploring how this debt is creating hardships for students, making it difficult for them to complete their degrees and advance their careers. Today, we unpack university policies and practices that create and perpetuate this problem by focusing on one school, Virginia Commonwealth University. Megan Polly reports. All right, it says we are on a quiet floor, no cell phone conversations. I met Logan for the first time in person recently on the third floor of VCU's library where he likes to study after talking on and off over the phone for the past year. I'm studying public policy and public administration, which is under the umbrella of the political science degree. Logan has been through a lot over the past five years. During his second semester at VCU in fall 2016, he says he stopped going to classes about a month in because of severe depressive and manic episodes. He was eventually diagnosed with bipolar disorder. We're not using his full name to protect his privacy. I believe I went to about 30% of classes before I withdrew, so under halfway through the semester I withdrew. Logan filled out paperwork to request a retroactive withdrawal, which was approved. He thought that meant he wouldn't have to pay for those classes either. I just assumed that them not reaching out to me was a sign that it was handled. The school was sending e-bills to Logan's VCU email address, But he didn't get them because his account was locked due to a financial hold, and he thought letters that came in the mail were sent in error. VCU's tuition refund policy states that if a student withdraws after the fourth week of class, like Logan, they're on the hook for 100% of tuition and fees. It was while he was in a treatment program that he discovered his account was recommended for court action. People always said to, like, look up your name and civil court to make sure you didn't owe any money and I thought it was pretty interesting and I just figured it'd be you know like oh I'll slip my name up and my name came up and it said VCU and I was a defendant and VCU was the plaintiff and I was honestly I felt sick because I I didn't know about this. It took three appeals from Logan's doctor to have the full debt wiped out. It wasn't until his doctor specified that Logan was incapable of completing any schoolwork during fall 2016 that his appeal was fully approved. That helped pave the way for Logan to resume college at VCU. He plans to graduate next spring and then apply to law school. Logan is among 2,800 students between July 2015 and February 2020 who VCU brought to court for unpaid tuition and fees, and where a judge ruled in the school's favor. VCU brought over 3,000 additional court cases against students over that same time period, plus over 1,000 wage garnishment attempts. The school has temporarily stopped court action due to the pandemic. 
but in October 2020 resumed adding collection fees to students' past due accounts. I've reached out to VCU quite a bit over the past year to get their take on the school's direct-to-school debt policies. They complied with multiple public records and informational requests, but declined to speak with me about the topic until recently, when a group of VCU staff joined me on a 30-minute Zoom call. So let's go ahead and we can go through our group. And I'm seeing uh, Dr. Legrand first. Tamiki, if you could introduce yourself and really... During our uh, conversation, they pointed to the baseline federal rules that schools have to follow when granting financial aid to students, including minimum GPAs and credit completion. And James Stables, senior manager of VCU's collection unit, said their hands are tied by state law and regulations. Unfortunately, we have to aggressively collect for the state guidelines. State regulations also require them to withhold services, such as transcripts, as a form of debt collection. But they're not required to charge students a collection fee. For VCU, it's 25 percent. Records show VCU has received more than $6 million from this fee between July 2015 and this past January. Here's VCU Treasurer Denise Lassade. The 25 percent was initially established as a cost recoup because there are staff who are working to fulfill our obligation to the state, which is we must collect those unpaid tuitions and fees. And so it's not a moneymaker. VCU is one of the only four-year public colleges in Virginia that seeks court judgments itself before sending student accounts to third-party collection agencies or the attorney general's office. On the Zoom call, Lasat told me this is actually a more student-focused approach. Nice to meet you. Thank you. Nice to meet nice you. Nice meeting you. Likewise. But several VCU students I've spoken to over the last year would not describe the school's debt collection approach as student-friendly, including Salona Perkins. Last fall, we met in a park to talk. We were right next to the Roanoke River, and you can hear the cicadas. When I got dropped off <laughs> to, uh, like, moving day, I was like, yo, like, I'm actually in college. Um, she first enrolled at VCU in fall 2018 and was excited to study nursing. But Perkins struggled juggling both school and work. Even though her grades improved over time, she was not meeting VCU's 2.0 minimum requirement. That's why she was given less financial aid in fall 2019 and ended up with a $9,000 balance to the school, which she thought she could pay off. Until <laughs> it got sent to collections. So it went from 9000 to 11000 And I'm like, you know, I could pay the 9000 off. Like, it's why, why? <laughs> the only way she could have avoided the collection fees was to pay over a third of her balance up front, about $3,000. Working for Wendy's at the time, she couldn't afford to do that. She's still living paycheck to paycheck and sharing an apartment with some friends from VCU. She'd still like to finish her degree, but isn't sure how to do that at this point. I don't want to be just working, paying off student loans, didn't finish college. This is not what I want to do. Tomorrow, we unpack one fresh approach a Michigan college is taking to help students with direct-to-school debt go back to school and complete their degrees. Megan Pauley, VPM News. VPM News' special series, Dreams Deferred, airs all week at 7.50 during Morning Edition and at 4.50 during All Things Considered. Research has found school policies are often more punitive than federally required. Learn more at vpm.org slash student debt. VPM. 
There are so many issues playing out in RVA. I mean, pretty much anyone will tell you. There's definitely a lot of poverty. Finding affordable housing. Traffic, public transportation. Climate change and heat islands. Trying to find childcare in Richmond area. I'm Rich Marr, host of a new VPN podcast called RVA's Got Issues. Listen to the podcast starting May 22nd. Do you have issues with RVA? Haven't found out yet. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs>